Hello and welcome to Mikey Pod, episode 218 for November 29th, 2016. Today's guest is Micah Busey, who is the associate minister at Judson Memorial Church, among other things. He's a fantastic human being. I am your host, Michael Herron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City. And as such, I have some pretty diverse taste in things. So on this podcast, you could hear guests ranging from activists to musicians to pastors, such as today, to authors, whatever else strikes my fancy. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for a little over 11 years. If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at michaelherron.com. Hit me up on social media everywhere as at michaelherron or send an email to mikeypod at gmail.com. Yes. Hello. How are you? I'm going to make sure I'm recording because I just did this intro and I wasn't recording. I am now. So that's great. But you already knew that because you're listening to that was weird. Thanksgiving just happened. I had sort of a bummer Thanksgiving, which turned into a good Thanksgiving. I was originally planning to go to Tamerlane Farm where I have been artist in residence. Things didn't work out and I couldn't go and I had major FOMO about this because that is if there was a perfect place to be on Thanksgiving, that's it. Uh, no offense to the person whom I did whom I did start at that whom who thing. Uh, I did wind up after spending the day in my apartment sort of uh, being in darkness, emotional and otherwise, I decided to hang out with my pal Honey LeBronx, aka uh, ben Struthman, Honey LeBronx, is the vegan drag queen. And we cooked. He did most of the cooking. I chopped an onion. Um, but we hung out and we ate and we watched some videos and it was a great thing to do. So Thanksgiving was all right. Uh, Black Friday, however, was activism central in my life. I went to the hack line at Central Park where the carriage horses are and protested with some other activists for about three hours. Then we headed to Soho to the new Canada Gross store. Canada Goose, really to protest their opening, their disgusting coats that are filled with feathers that are ripped out of live birds and fur from trapped coyotes. They're trapped with leg hold traps, and it's horrific. So it was great. I was very happy to be standing up for stuff I believed in on this capitalistic, crappy, weird day of Black Friday. I, well, yes. So what? Something else happened on Sunday. I don't even know. Uh, anyway, this podcast is a day late. My apologies. <clears throat> anyway, this podcast is a day late. My apologies. I'm continuing to strive to stick to a schedule with the things I want to create. It's a little bit challenging because I do have a day job. Oh, Sunday, I did Cabaret for Our Cause. Uh, we talked about that a couple podcasts ago with Sawyer Nunez, uh, the 15-year-old wunderkind. I'm not sure if I'm using that word right. He's fantastic and brilliant. He performed a ton of other artists performed, uh, Broadway kids, and we raised money, and that was a full day. Podcast is late, but it's happening still this week, and here it is. I'm struggling with staying on top of things, maybe fine-tuning my schedule for releasing. The one thing I really want to focus on doing is making this podcast happen on Mondays every week, and I want it to be done in time for my patrons on my Patreon page to have access to it on Friday. I failed on both of those things this week. However, this podcast is happening this week, so that's still pretty good news. Uh, the challenge is I, the podcast is free. I don't make any money off of this, and uh, I do have to make my paying work a bigger priority. So uh, I still want to make sure I do this on time every week. So we'll see how that goes, right? If you do like this free podcast, and the many other things I create, tell a friend, leave a review, like, subscribe, all of the things. And I'd especially love your support at patreon.com slash where you can get access to all kinds of cool stuff in exchange for as little as a dollar a month. I'd love to come connect with you there. There's like a, a community. You can uh, act, be active in that community. You can make comments. I release like works in progress, uh, videos and podcasts when I can get up early. I'm striving to make that happen without fail. And uh, yeah, so I'd love to help have your help in there to cover the expenses for this free podcast and the other content I create. Uh, the more patrons I have, the more work I can make and the more <laughs> likely it'll be to be on time. Uh, I'm trying like being an artist and also trying to release media like this is at least a full-time job. So, um, you know, uh, the more people I have who are supporting this work, the more uh, it creates more space for me to make more of it. So 
I thank you. Enough about me and all that stuff. Today's guest is Micah Busey. He's the associate minister at Judson Memorial Church, a place that I love and cherish. They are um, all of my solo work that I do exists because Judson one day said, yes, make that thing that you don't even really know what it is yet, and we'll give you space to perform it. So that was my first show, Tentative Armor, which I did a reading of there. I was able to write it because I had the deadline of a magic time night at Judson, which was provided to me for free. The audience got to come to the show for free. It was a magical night for me. I had never performed my storytelling or solo work. This was maybe four years ago. And um, the place was packed. People stood up and clapped for me. And I was like, oh, I am now an artist who performs original work in New York City. And that's all because Judson said yes to my very hesitant, very self-deprecating request for space. Uh, So I love the place. It's an activist hub. It's a uh, artist hub. It's a spiritual hub. It's a wonderful place. So Da, 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 da. There you go. So uh, I'm going to play a track in the beginning of the song, as I love to do. Uh, where did I make my note about this? There it is. Ray Spoon. You've heard Ray on the podcast before. Uh, a couple episodes, well, maybe four or five episodes ago, Ray spoke about their new album. And uh, now Ray has a new EP in collaboration with another artist called Plastic. And this song is called You Lie. After this, we'll hear from Micah.
let's do our podcast. Let's do it. What are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I should say you are. This is Micah Busey, who's the associate minister at Judson Memorial Church in New York City. Did I say that right? I am. I'm always worried like I'm saying it should be pastor or minister. The word is minister, right? I think they're used pretty interchangeably. Okay. Um, and I tend to say minister more. Mm -hmm. But pastor I get sort of with like a capital P. People will call me pastor you know, when they're, when they're addressing me as if they're yeah. saying my name. Which I always kind of like. Yeah. That's sweet. But um, never like father. I have been called father a lot. Actually, you might know this, but I got maybe two months ago, I was walking across Washington Square Park from a Gays Against Guns uh, rally. Uh -huh. And, um, and a, I was in my clergy collar, which I never wear because it, it's embarrassing to me. I don't really like that kind of attention. Yeah. I was walking in, this woman was like, I was like, father, father, you want me to help you out with, with like giving up women? You know, you, I, 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 and it was, it was beautiful. <laughs> you're like, there are a whole bunch of things that you're assuming right now that don't apply. <laughs> She's like, you are the most, you're a handsome bastard. Uh, anyway. There was a, a, a priest that came to the school that I taught at in Houston. I taught at a Montessori mm -hmm. school that was also Catholic. Mm -hmm. We called him Father What a Waste because he was super hot. <laughs> I've had a few of those. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Not people call, saying that to me, me yeah. thinking that. Of, people of probably say ways. it, but just don't mention it. But I then would, it, I would like to believe that. Yeah, I'm sitting do. alone in my do room. Do you want me to start then, a thing? <laughs> but then it wouldn't make sense. <laughs> I, I need hashtags. I need all kinds of things. Yeah. But no, I definitely... I've always loved Jesuit priests anyway, mm -hmm. and I also have been blessed to have a lot of very, very handsome Jesuit priests in my life. So yeah, even if I didn't just love the Jesuit tradition anyway, I would love Jesuits in general. So that's one of the things I love about like Judson and you and... Uh, did we talk about Shane Claiborne before? We have. Yeah, so people like that that I'm just like, oh, this is like religion then mm -hmm. this is Christianity like because and when you're talking about the Jesuit tradition I like mm -hmm. I, it makes me cringe even though I had a great experience at the school where I taught mm -hmm. but I think about like judgment and the fucking Pope living in that place that's like millions of dollars like all the things that I'm like so I don't know what I'm I, maybe this is just an observation that that that's a thing that I like and when I talk to people about Judson and and uh, the fact that I'm a member of a church, I always want to like add on like, but I'm not, it's not like and and make apologies. And do you have that too? Like totally, I go yeah. through those verbal acrobatics all the time. Um, I've grown more comfortable with saying it, but I still it depends on the context. It depends on who I'm talking with. But when I decided to go to seminary, which had been a plan when I was very young, because my father's a minister, it's a context I grew up in, um, and then ran from that for a while when I came out. Um, when I finally decided to go back to seminary, or, or go back to that path to seminary, um, I, called it, I call it my second coming out, because mm -hmm. my coming out as a, as a gay man to my friends and family was like a non-event. My yeah. coming out as a potential Christian minister to my friends in <laughs> New York City was like, I got all the classic questions that were like, I think that this is just a phase. Are you really sure about this? I think that right. you're making a, a really bad choice. This is a choice that betrays our friendship. You know, like all these things that typically you get when you come out as a, as a queer person. Yeah. Um, but I... I, to this, you know, to this day, I, I know that I go through this moment especially in activist circles or when I'm, you know, going, the, the places where I find myself most are activist circles, artist circles, and the church. Yeah. When I'm in either activist or artist circles, you know, I'm rarely wearing my clergy collar, so I could pass very easily. Yeah. Um, but the moment that there's something where I could say, oh, and I work at Judson or whatever, there, I, I always have this moment where I'm sort of like, okay, this is about to change the conversation because we have this context where no matter what, that person has some kind of relationship to Christianity that could mm -hmm. be really bad or really, really good or somewhere in the middle. Um, and I'm, I'm going to completely change in their eyes. Um, and that could sound a little grandiose, but I've seen it happens all the time, you know, just yeah. because that's how powerful I think religion is. 
for good and bad in in our lives is that you you can't hear oh so and so is a christian or so and so is a minister and not completely like have that color you know what what you think of that person in that moment yeah uh there was a meeting here that you helped me arrange Mm -hmm. last week which i don't know that's not what i want to talk about today so just make it quick please Uh, talk about it but it was animal activists who are concerned about Trump mm-hmm. um, and what it would mean to be an activist for animals in a time when it's very apparent that people are going to be, people are freaking out mm-hmm. about our new president. But uh, so all these activists are coming to Judson Church and they were asking, like, what is this a, like, they didn't know what was, they didn't realize it was church. Is it a guess. real church? <laughs> yeah, well, they were just. I, and and every time I said, oh, this is my church, but it's an activist church, mm-hmm. and listen to all the great things they've done over the years, blah, 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 like, mm-hmm. uh, it's really interesting. Uh, that meeting was out of control. Side note, like, it became this whole like opening of how racist animal activists are. Wow. Yeah, like there were. It was like, it was like. It was, I'm so happy it happened here too because mm-hmm. d- just Judson is just this place. Look, I'm getting all flustered. Um, and it, it, just in the way that we're all racist, right? Sure. Um, but there were a few people of color at the meeting, and and uh, my friends Rafa and Lily, who organized the event, they um, part of what they wanted to do was like, how are you all feeling within this space before we talk about how we're going to feel outside of this space? And 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 the topic of race came up, and like people were open and like crying and like having this experience of like this guy said that he unfriended 170 vegan friends on facebook for posting like racist jokes related to the trump thing Mm. um but Mm -hmm. it was really great like Mm -hmm. i walked out of it i talked about this on the last week's podcast like Mm -hmm. walked out of it like oh my god i'm not like i'm not showing up right I'm not mm-hmm. showing up the way I would want people to show up for me. Mm-hmm. So anyway, mm-hmm. it was a great meeting. And I think <laughs> that's the perfect thing for a church to be. The perfect place for a church to be is for somebody to have a meeting like that where, yeah. and, and you know, I'm not going to get too mystical. Maybe I will get, I'll get totally mystical during get this conversation. fully mystical. But I think that when you get into a place like a church where the tradition is there of sort of this spiritual inquiry, mm-hmm. when something like that opens up and you start to hear stories like that, I do think that something, some alchemy happens where you, you sort of are like, oh, holy shit, I, I need to be paying attention to this yeah. in a way that I haven't been before. And I feel like we're really in a moment right now over the past, I don't know, what, 11 or 12 days, where I, I spoke about this in in the service yesterday. This is what the sermon was about. Was that, you know, there are, there are lots of nuances to what I'm about to say, and I certainly don't think that everybody needs church to act ethically in the world. But what I do think is happening right now is that over the past twelve days, I've gotten dozens, dozens of emails from people you, you know, uh, all kinds of artists, all kinds of activists, want, they're, they're newly galvanized. Like, artists want to meet with activists, activists want to meet with artists, mm-hmm. everybody needs space, people want me to sign on to, you know, this declaration of, of this, and and all these things that I'm so honored and grateful that they, that they would want to come to me. But I think it's attached weirdly to the kind of spiritual foundation at Judson, too, mm-hmm. that that church over the past few decades, I feel like kind of hasn't really totally contributed consistently to the culture of our country, mm-hmm. um, except for like right wing, you know, quote unquote Christian voices. Um, but I think we have a moment right now where church can actually offer something to a spiritually starved country again. And that's just saying like, there's a way to to focus this in an even more intentional way there's a way to speak for artists to speak about their art in a truly spiritually found foundationed way there's mm-hmm. a there's a way for activists to come at this you know from a from a spiritual place and when i say that i don't mean jesus i don't mean even like i won't even call it god i just mean like we are galvanized in a way where if we don't ground this pretty quickly and say like this is these are the things we need 
this is the way to go about it and these are the intersectionalities we need to make, then it will dissipate as we normalize what's mm-hmm. going on right now. So just to be more specific about mm-hmm. like uh, when you're saying these are the things we need, mm-hmm. who's the we in that? Like uh, our community at large or in, are you thinking artists, spiritual people? or? Mm-hmm. I think that, well, first of all, when I say we, I actually mean our entire country, uh-huh. um, including the people that voted for a regime that I can't get behind. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that those people are really spiritually starved as well. Clear, the, the folks who um, voted for Trump, who I'm talking to, all they really say as the reason for why they did it, and you and I can argue, and certainly, you know, I'm, we're, we're both part of, of the same circles where, you know, we're, we're defining these people as, as, you know, they made racist choices, they made xenophobic choices, which I, I think is certainly the case in a lot of cases. But the argument I get a lot is, just give a ch- just give change a chance. Mm-hmm. Just give change a chance. I think people really think that we should burn everything down, <laughs> and, and I don't think that there's a. Again, I think like an argument can be made for burning something down, but I think that the what we need is to be in spaces together where you can suddenly realize like, oh wait, so I'm in solidarity with this vegan circle because we all are behind this issue. But within this circle, we all aren't behind this other issue. Mm-hmm. And intersectionality, you know, which was coined by a black woman, um, is something that is a spiritual imperative for us to think like all of these struggles are connected. And if I am struggling in this vegan circle for animal liberation, that compels me actually to get behind the marginalized voices that you know are speaking out against racism, that are speaking out against the uh, the criminal justice uh, program in this country, and 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 that and I think that we um, are in a moment now where we can better articulate ourselves because we the curtain's been pulled back mm-hmm. and we we're seeing that it's real. It's been abstract up until now. Yeah. For many of us, not for all of us, but for many of us. So kind of one of the ways that I sort of spiritually uh, perceive shitty things, Mm -hmm. like Trump being elected, you know, uh, terrorist attacks, that kind of thing is, you know, my my old way of thinking about it. um, And a lot of my like spiritual sort of Awakening. I hate saying words like that because it feels so like uh, uh, pretentious. No, not pretentious. But it sounds. It feels like my spiritual awakening. Like I like I have some sort of like uh, perception of myself being superior. And sure. So, well, maybe I'm superior to who I was before. Well, I or, won't put this on you, but I know that I am embarrassed to talk about spirituality. I'm embarrassed yeah. to talk about God, and it all it has to do with. Um, all of the definitions that that I see around yeah. don't appeal to me. So anytime yeah. I try to do it, I'm like, oh God, these people are going to think that I <laughs> am, think I'm morally superior. Yeah. And it's time to, to do away with that. For me, spirituality and talking about a spiritual awakening mm-hmm. should be an admit. It's you admitting actually a humility. I'd like to believe that you're actually yeah. you're you are admitting. Wait, there's something bigger than the than than the thing I've been uh, the, the thing I've been devoting myself to. There's something yeah. even larger than this. Um, and I think a spiritual awakening should be reclaimed as as yeah. an admittance of like, oh, there's something bigger than than my my little human life. Yeah. Well, and that's I guess the point that I was getting at about that spiritual waking that I'll now claim what like one of my reasons for rejecting God or spirituality I'm the same way like I don't like but like saying the word God feels super loaded and super uh, alienating potentially mm-hmm. um, but I thought like if, if there's a God how can XYZ happen or how could like well the Trump just got elected president mm-hmm. there's no God but in that way of like seeing a bigger picture of things and the reaction that our communities have had from this from this Trump thing like there's positive things are happening mm-hmm. in reaction to something really scary mm-hmm. so I don't know but yeah I guess the point is to me 
like that there's a gigantic picture involved mm -hmm. and in the language of theology um, that we practice you know at seminary while we're learning how to be ministers and pastors as if that's a thing that you can actually you know be totally trained to be it, it you know seminary I guess teaches us to articulate things better um, but they give us a term called theodicy which is what you were just talking about which is how does a, a god if there is a god how does a god allow evil to mm -hmm. to perpetuate itself in the world and so theodicy is this this idea that we're exploring like if there is if there's a force in the world that really wants good for us then why wouldn't the world just be inherently good um and i and i, <laughs> I love i'm like Let's pause there. <laughs> why is that? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And that's why I love the idea that you might claim this this idea that you had a spiritual awakening mm -hmm. because I don't I think too often when we get embarrassed about saying we had a spiritual awakening, we think that people will think like, "Oh, they think they have the answers." And instead, I think it's the exact opposite. If I have a spiritual awakening, it's that I've suddenly opened myself up to the questions in a mm -hmm. way that I wasn't open before. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, yeah. Because when I say there is no God, because this, mm -hmm. that's saying that I have all the answers. But when I say, "Oh, there might actually be a God because this," mm -hmm. and maybe this isn't as bad as it looks. Mm -hmm. Like it's that like there's a little little place where I get stuck in that though, mm -hmm. where you know there's in a lot of AA circles there's like everything's how it's meant to be and things are going to work out the way they're supposed to, but that doesn't mean that this is the place where I get like until the day that it doesn't like because right. and it, it sounds so negative but like there's going to be a day when it doesn't work out and I'm going to be dead, you know Very what I mean? True. Very true. But that's not. But I don't get to decide what it's going to work out looks like, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. <laughs> and my death, whatever happens that day, mm -hmm. may be needed. I don't know. Well, Absolutely, and I, I don't. Like we're getting super like totally. I've been, well, I'm glad for it. No, yeah. this is what I love. Just going down these hallways and, and confusing myself, and yeah. not to confuse everybody else. Um, but the I th I think that um, that's the funny thing about how I and I believe most people at Judson approach church and that's why I can say something like but it's not it's not church like you think it is it's not a it's not a quote-unquote real church even though mm -hmm. I do think it's a real church but yeah. the reason why I, I like to um, give that caveat is because whereas most people have an image of church in their minds that is a place where there's dogma there are definitions mm -hmm. there are things that are that are telling you you have to believe a certain way i like to believe that judson fancies itself more of a research and development center where it's you know what we offer the world you know what we offer the people who come back is that we know that at, at least once a week sometimes daily but at least once a week sunday mornings at 11 o'clock mm -hmm. if you come here there's going to be a group of people who you remember and have history with. They will recognize you. There will be art. Most of that art will be music, but there will be paintings and dancing and, and uh, poetry. And there will also be a collective who are interested in asking questions about what it means to be alive. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where else that happens totally regularly i think as we get as as open space kind of disappears in in our country and in our world and as we kind of and i'm not against social media or the internet but as we kind of like you know are are at home in front of screens and and kind of closed off a little bit it is a radical act to say every Sunday morning at 11 I go to this place and we just ask questions and check in with each other about like who might have a suggestion of an answer this time yeah and then leave knowing that you still don't have all any all the answers or maybe any of the answers um, and I think that that's why I keep coming back because when I ask the questions about what it all means I get you know 150 people sort of saying like I don't know what it means but this is what I kind of think that it means mm -hmm. and it and it goes from there um, I also think that 
it's intergenerational, which is something that I don't always see around as well. Like church is one of the, the last places where I think I know that I'm going to see somebody who's 85 and somebody who's 15 in the same room um, in, interacting with one another um, and kind of like asking these questions about ultimate reality, about existence, about meaning, about why we act the way we do in the world. It's got real heavy. No, I love it though. Okay. Because um, I wasn't really sure. I just wanted to have like a post-election conversation because it seems like <laughs> the last time we tried to do this, it was after another traumatic, and this is a, to me, it's a traumatic experience, what's happening with the president. Mm-hmm. Um, we tried to do this uh, after what happened in Orlando, mm-hmm. and then I screwed everything up. And then I screwed everything up. And it was the perfect interview everybody. I know, it's the know. best thing either of us have ever done. Uh, one of the things that was a great intersection of art and church and community was the fact that Amanda Duarte's Dead Darlings was on the Wednesday after Election Day. Like, I was thinking about it when you were talking earlier about art and and, and all this. Um, that felt divinely inspired. Like the, and it was the first time, like I knew I loved Amanda and Dead Darlings and everything, but that night, like something that, like the morning when it was like, oh my God, Trump had like Trump happened, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like, I, I had to come to Judson for Dead Darlings, and uh, there she did not disappoint, nor did you. Like the whole, it made me realize that oh, this is a spiritual event for me, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a thing that happens every month, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's and so much happened like. Mm-hmm. Is really I hadn't realized I hadn't envisioned her as a community leader, and I don't think she would probably be mm-hmm. too psyched about that title that I'm mm-hmm. officially giving her. But that's what happened. Like, mm-hmm. and she was great about it, and yep. you were great about it. Like, and you read one of your prayers, mm-hmm. which is a series of prayers that's happening right now. Is that? Well, it's fun. I mean, it sort of happened accidentally, um, but I kind of made this pact with myself that how was I going to deal with uh, you know this new regime, um, mm-hmm. and that was that I would write a prayer a day to kind of try to center and focus my thoughts and my fears and my plans for that day. Um, so since since that Tuesday before, where I, I had written a prayer basically sort of to, to quiet myself and to help others to quiet and breathe as we kind of prepared for what was going to happen on mm-hmm. Tuesday night. Um, and then leading into Wednesday where uh, Amanda asked me to open up Dead Darlings with a prayer. It kind of accidentally happened, but then I thought, well, why not? Why not? Um, I'm, a, I'm a minister <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm a writer and I'm actually paid um, to think and write and speak about the world and about who we are in it. So why not? My, why not write little prayers for myself and and put them out into the world for anyone who might need them? Um, it kind of happened accidentally, even that I did a prayer for Dead Darlings because on Tuesday night I texted Amanda, and you know I wasn't with Amanda, but you know Amanda and I have been friends for about ten years, and so mm-hmm. we're we're pretty close, and. And it, she was, she was pretty catatonic, um, if you can glean that through texts. But I feel like I know her well enough. Yeah. Um, and and you know we went back and forth because this idea of the Dead Darlings uh, event the next day was a fundraiser, and it was not only going to be a Dead Darlings show, which happens every month, but it was going to be followed by this this dance party. Mm-hmm. And so one idea that she and I went through was well do we just have a dance party? Do we just cut all of the regular stuff? And do we just turn off the lights, turn on the like little LED lights in the corner and make it a, a dance hall and, and just let people kind of be? And I went to bed that night thinking that that might be the choice that we mm-hmm. made, but leaving it up to Amanda. And then she, I'm pretty sure it happened in the morning, it might have happened overnight, but she, she sent me a text that said, no, let's do it, but what I want you to do is open it up with a prayer. And a couple of things went through my mind at that time. The first one being, 
Oh my god, Amanda Duarte has never once <laughs> asked me to do anything that even you know seems like a, a pastoral duty, besides mm-hmm. kind of just accompany dead darlings as it happens. You know, I, I kind yeah. of act as the the venue director. Um, you know, and and my relationship with Amanda side by side with my identity as a minister is always pretty cheeky it's always mm-hmm. pretty you know she she kind of calls me minister of her heart and and i think of her as a definitely a spiritual being and a community leader like you said um but you know it's it's always sort of on this level of humor um and and irony and she, and it was a sincere request it was a sincere request to center us with a prayer yeah and I went through this moment where I was sort of like, is that what people really want? Is that, do they want a, a minister to get up and suddenly remind us that we're actually in a church? Whereas typically Dead Darling starts with Amanda kind of making a joke about it being in a church that works on like 18 different levels as all of her jokes do. Um, and and I got, I was scared. I was a little nervous about mm-hmm. kind of invading people's space with reminding them that, oh, no, you're in a church and there's a minister who's gonna do this thing that weirdly feels like a pitch to tell you that you're in a church. And ultimately what it did was, because I ended up praying, as you said, ultimately what it did was allow me to figure out what it means to embody something that I always say I want to embody anyway, which is how to spiritually ground um, art and community um, using language that isn't going to turn people off. Um, and I'd like to believe that that's what happened. Yeah, and that's and, what happened. And so I'm grateful for the invitation. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. And no, like no one around me hesitated at all to like hold hands and all the whole thing. Like we held hands, right? Am I yeah, we that? held hands. Yeah. Yes. And everyone, I mean, it was people I knew next to me. Sure. But um, I feel like everyone was like, oh, thank you. Like, mm-hmm. because... I think everybody even it's a way to come together and and like you were saying before like be like we don't know mm-hmm. but we're here in this thing like mm-hmm. trying to figure this out mm-hmm. and do you know where do, where else do you do you get that in your life do you because I am I and I, yeah. ask, I ask that sincerely and it's not because I want you to say I don't get it anymore in my life. Let's go to church. But I do. But I, I am always interested in this idea of like how we gather, how we actually stop and ask questions mm-hmm. about like, I don't know. Do you know? Or can we like find the answer somewhere in between like me not knowing and you not knowing? Yeah, uh, I get it from AA also. But mm-hmm. I don't think that like if I were an AA, I would get it anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's, it, and it's something I didn't get anywhere. Like before, definitely when I was being an alcoholic and a drug addict, I wasn't mm-hmm. <laughs> seeking that out. But uh, before that, and perhaps that contributed to my, uh, I think it did. Like I think a lot, like in AA, like we're going on all kinds of different topics. They talk about it being a spiritual ailment. Mm-hmm. And um, that fits for me. Like I didn't have like any sort of community and then I suddenly had a community at bars because I came out, mm-hmm. and um, that's what everyone was doing. So mm-hmm. I started doing it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I asked earlier if you would read one of your prayers. Mm-hmm. Will you do it? Sure. <laughs> so uh, this prayer is from last week, which was basically a week into um, the the knowledge that our president-elect was going to be Donald Trump. Um, and I found myself thinking about two things. First of all, what what am I praying to when I pray, um, which I never really have an answer for. And then I was it was also um, the time where we were really having this fierce debate of, of whether we were supposed to wear these safety pins. Oh yeah, um, which I think is a is a beautiful, troubling, unsurprising conversation that. I find liberals always have, right? Where we we come up with something and instead of like a good conservative who is sort of like, I came up with this, this is what we're doing and it's a party line and we're all getting behind it and that's the way that they get ideas put forward. <laughs> right. Instead, like a good like a good group of liberals, we suddenly said, we have this thing. This is what we're going to wear to 
tell people that we're a safe ally and we can create a safe space for this person. And then suddenly and beautifully, we had other people saying, but wait, what do you do with a symbol? What does a symbol really mean if you're just wearing it? How do you know that you're actually an ally to this person just because you're wearing this thing? <laughs> and, and in a strange way, the paradox there is, it's why we liberals sometimes don't take that next step forward because we get mired in this back and forth. But I also think that's that's naturally what springs from actually caring about people is yeah. questioning your assumptions that you're making. So this, this prayer came out of that. And it's called A Prayer to a Metaphor. Beloved symbol of reassurance, don't let me cling to you too tightly. You balance perfectly on the edge of being an idol and idols are what got us into this mess in the first place. You're like a safety pin, so easily forgotten on my lapel unless I leave you open so your sharper point continually pokes my skin and wakes me back up again. Amen. And that to me was drawing a connection between the symbolic idea of, well, what happens if you actually do literally leave the safety pin open and inside your shirt, uh -huh. and suddenly that, that pointed part of it, if it's sticking you in your neck, it's reminding you that it's there at every point. You, you can't forget it. And for me, the most potent way I can think about this God force around me is not something that sort of holds me and comforts me into this complacency and, and thinking that I'm, I'm right and that all of my assumptions are correct and that I can just, you know, go forward without taking in any information from other people or any criticism. But instead, this force that says, great, I'm going to hold you through this. I'm going to hold you through your pain. I'm going to hold you through your questions and your anger. But I'm also going to hold you accountable to all of that pain, all of the sadness, all the anger, and keep you awake so you are constantly interrogating this and living your life actively. And that's the most potent way I've thought about this idea of God. Mm. Um, and that's why I wear a safety pin too. So you do wear the safety pin? I do, I don't have it on right now. I was like, where But you can't see me anyway. I, um, but it's I, on my sweatshirt that's across the room. I am such a person that's always like, oh no, then this is wrong. I had a safety mm -hmm. pin and an actual real life person of color handed it to me that I didn't know on mm -hmm. the street. So I was like, well, of course I should be wearing this. And then mm -hmm. the question started happening. I'm like, am I going to get in trouble for wearing the safety pin? Mm -hmm. I better take it out. Like, and I guess that's, the, I don't know if that's super uh, self-doubting me or super liberal. I want to make sure I'm not offending anyone me. Uh, but it's a funny conversation it's an absolutely funny conversation <laughs> and and really scary because yeah. it's really hard to be a human being and not know the answers which I also think church yeah. is good for <laughs> but the but I also I think that it is a I think it's a spiritual question for me because for me spirituality is what you do when you are alone and nobody can see you mm -hmm. and that to me is like if I'm alone and it actually isn't, you know, it isn't a moment of, of testing. If I'm at my, um, it's not a moment of testing where somebody actually is asking you to be an ally. Let's, let's take it to a different room where you're at Thanksgiving and you are with your family full of Trump supporters and they want to know why you wear the safety pin. Um, the, I, I need you to have already had that conversation with yourself alone that you've you've realized like exactly why you've worn it and exactly what you would do if somebody asked you to put it into play and i need you to say that to the person in your life who who really doesn't understand the safety pin and therefore i would imagine doesn't understand the need for safe space the need to reach out beyond your own circle and experience to understand the experience of, of a more marginalized voice that, that needs your, your support. That's what <laughs> being an ally is, right? Like, Absolutely. Yeah, it's really all these questions. All these questions. <laughs> Mike, I'm just leaving here with more questions. Good. <laughs> That's why we come back next week. Oh, I love it. We should wrap this up. I feel like we covered up 
covered up. We covered up some great things. Good. My feelings are like the church buried. is very good at covering up and burying a lot of things <laughs> yeah. too. Um, thanks so much for talking to me today. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank um, you for doing this podcast. Sure. Um, I always try to say where should we find you online. Judson is just Judson.org. Is that right? Judson.org. Um, and you know, on Judson.org, which is a fabulous newly designed website, um, you can find out all about Judson Arts Wednesdays, which is how you and I originally met. Yes. Um, where every first, second, and third Wednesday of the month, we feature some kind of art that has some kind of food, and it's always free. And uh, that includes Dead Darlings, which is always every second Wednesday. Yeah, I love it. And then you're on Facebook and such, but you're not like social media inviting <laughs> you know, it like, really depends on, on well, what I've just posted um, no I guess my question is is that something you want to promote I am not I'm not particularly social media savvy what I will say is that my so this prayer project if uh-huh. people are interested in in seeing those prayers uh, are on judson.org on the, on the staff page if you if you go to my bio it links to oh, a cool. little blog that where all of those are kept on a calendar and you can you can read them if you want Yes, uh, I love that. I'll put a link to that on MikeyPod.com. So if you're listening, you don't, you're afraid you'll forget. Just go to my website and awesome. show notes for this. My friend Eve Beglarian, who I don't know if you've met before, she mm-hmm. came and saw at least one of my shows here. She's a composer. She's been on the podcast several times. Mm-hmm. This is maybe something I'm going to just cut out. Um, she has um, a project where she's composing a piece of music for each day of the month. It's been going Beautiful. on for years, mm-hmm. but on her website she has like. It's not a song a day, but that's what I'm calling it. Nice. Um, she's, you would love her. Wonderful. I'd love to meet her. Yeah. I'll, cool. She lives so close. Anyway, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs>
From 1992, that was Hector Zazu from the album Sahara Blue. I couldn't figure out how to pronounce this song, so I had this app do it. Let's see how it sounds. So, okay, thank you. Uh, anyway, the album is called Sahara Blue. That just came up in my... Uh, what do you call it? Shuffle recently. And I love that. I loved that out when it came out so much. Like David Sylvian and all these people were involved. Um, Jane Sibbery is on one of his albums. Who else? Uh, the people from Dead Can Dance. So I was really, uh, in 1992, that was like gold to me. Uh, it still kind of is. So I was just doing a tiny bit of research on that song. And it sounds like Ryuichi Sakamoto, who is one of my all time composer heroes, wrote that piece. So. <laughs> there you go. MikeyPod.com is where you can find me. Also, MichaelHeron.com. And uh, thanks to my guest, Micah Busey, uh, Judson Memorial Church, all the things. Leave me a review on... Oh, my God. I'm slobbering so much. I'm... Ugh, whatever. Uh, I think that's it, right? Join my Patreon page, Patreon.com slash MichaelHeron. Check out all of my things, and I thank you. See you next week. Oh, my guest next week is going to be uh, Nate Main Kakubra Tikasha. So don't miss it. Main Guard. That's his last name. It's actually a really great interview. I'm super excited to share it with you. Uh, it'll be up on Monday. I'm a little late with this one, but next week's going to be on time. I'm going to make it happen. Okay, bye. <laughs>